Our first scripture reading is from Isaiah, uh, chapter 43, verses 1 to 3, 5 to 7, and 18 to 19. This can be found on page 672 in your pew Bible. But now, thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, you shall not, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt as your ransom, Ethiopia and Saba, in exchange for you. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east, and from the west I will gather you. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from far away, and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Do not remember the former things, or consider the things of old. I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. All right, the second scripture reading is from Colossians. Chapter 1, verses 21 to 29. And you who were once estranged and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his fleshly body through death, so as to present you holy and blameless and irreproachable before him, provided that you continue securely established and steadfast in the faith, without shifting from the hope promised by the gospel that you have heard, which has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven. I, Paul, became a servant of this gospel. I am now rejoicing in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am completing what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church. I became its servant according to God's commission that was given to me for you, to make the word of God fully known, the mystery that has been hidden throughout the ages and generations, but has now been revealed to his saints. To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is he whom we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone in all wisdom, so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil and struggle with all the energy that he powerfully inspires within me. Thanks be to God. Good morning. I'm so glad that I'm here. I'm glad that you are too. But I've got to admit this week and, and kind of leading up to uh, today, I was like, it's been a good five, six weeks almost since I've been up here preaching in front of you between Father's Day breakfast and then two weeks of vacation and then two weeks of COVID. It's been a while since I have been in front of you and I have missed you all dearly, but I know you have been in good hands. Um, I appreciate um, Jim McNair, who's, who came in those couple of Sundays and preached for us. I appreciated Christine stepping in in the last moment. I was hoping I'd be healthy enough and over the COVID and 
and I was getting nervous about whether or not I would finally test clear and, and be able to come and join you, and then finally I just had to say, you know, I, I don't know if I'm going to be, and it's unfair to somebody to give them uh, last minute and say, hi, can you preach for me? I'm, I'm not going to be. And so that's, that explains last week. I was starting to feel better. We finally tested clear about middle of the end of that week, and um, I was still really tired, but that's how you ended up with five weeks without me. I hope you remember who I am, and I hope I can uh, continue forward in what we're doing together. Because we have been working through that sermon series of bumper sticker theology, those sayings that sound good, those things that we mean well when we say them, or we think they're good when we say them, but if we dive deeper into them, it may not say what we think it will. Or, when we say it, other people may hear something that we don't intend. I think that's the case with this, uh, this particular saying of letting, let go and let God. Maybe you've heard that one before, maybe you haven't. It's been a while since I've heard that one uh, really used a lot. On the positive side, it sounds like a good thing, and it can be a good thing. This idea, if we're talking about anxiety and worry about the future of what's going to happen, and all of that, it's really a good idea to trust in God's providence, to trust that God is with us in the midst of those difficulties, that God will be with us through those challenges, and we can offer up to God and give up to God those anxieties and those worries and those things that occupy our mind and keep us from living out our calling as he calls us to himself and calls us to his mission. Those things that paralyze us. Those thoughts, those worries, those concerns, everything that would keep us still and, and afraid and petrified rather than stepping out in faith. And if that's what we're talking about, letting go and letting, let go and let God is a really good thing. The fact that we have a God who's with us in the midst of those difficulties, in the midst of those trials, that is walking with us when we would rather not walk ourselves that's walking with us when we are unsure of where we are going, unsure of what's going to meet us when we get there, when we have no understanding of what's going to unfold because what we're facing is either so new to us or so much bigger than we can imagine. And when we get to that point, when we can't imagine a future outside of the one that we immediately see, then trusting in God to show us a new way, to give us a new narrative, to give us a new hope, to see something that we can't see for ourselves. That's really good. When we say let go and let God, if that's what we mean, wonderful. But not everybody will think of all those things. Maybe you haven't until I just said all of those things. One way of hearing this, the, the, this saying that can be really negative is if it moves us instead of into action because we can trust God with us, if it moves us into inaction, it does the opposite of what we want and what the saying should do. There's a way of reading this, and I think we've seen this come about in a few places and in a few uh, people's minds and hearts, and maybe you've thought of this yourself, and that's okay if you have is this idea that if I, if I can let go and let God, then I don't have to do anything. I can sit and rest and be inactive. I can say, this is something beyond me, this is something I don't need to touch, I'm just going to give it up to God, and I'm just going to keep doing what I was doing, or not doing what I was, not go what I was already not doing. 
there's this understanding or this way of hearing this passage that can be a little insidious in that it moves us to just sit. Moves us to inaction. It moves us away from the calling that God has placed on us, which is to partner with him in the work that he's doing in the world. That he's doing in our church, that he's doing in our lives, in our communities. He is doing this redemptive work, calling all of creation to himself. And the awesome part of being a Christian is that he invites us to be a part of that work. If you're looking for something fulfilling, if you're looking for something hopeful, if you're looking to see signs of transformation, then the best place to see it is walking with God and working with God where he is changing lives. And he is using our hands and feet in that work. When we, can, when we do that, we can see it firsthand. And then we can proclaim those stories to all the people that we meet. There are too many that look at a world and they don't see any difference between how Christians are living in the world today. They don't see hope. They don't see transformation. They see things as stuck. And they're moved to inaction because, well, if I can't do anything about it, I'm just going to sit in it. Why work harder for it? Change and transformation. And if that's the case, if things are the way they will ever be, then what's the There are people that need to hear stories of transformation. And my fear is that we as Christians, because we're sitting back, because we're not partnering with God, we're not in those places where transformation is happening, and we're not getting those firsthand accounts of God at work in our world. And so when we talk to people and share with them about who we are and what we believe and why we believe it, and about what God is doing, we don't have the testimony, the stories to share. Because we're holding back. And so this let go, let God can imply this idea of just saying, well, God will take care of it and I don't have anything to do. God will take care of it and so I can just wait. When everything we've read in these passages today it gives us that promise that God is doing a new thing, that God is calling back his people, that God is building bridges and building roads preparing that time for his people to come back to him. But the people still need to walk along the journey. He's not magically picking them up from the north and the south and the east and west and then plopping them down in the middle of the promised land and saying, go and live. God is preparing the way and then he's inviting the people to take the journey and he's with them in that journey and when they get there, they get to that promised land, they get to that transformed and redeemed creation They get to live out that hope and still walk with God along the journey. This is the best understanding of the Christian faith that I can come up with. That God is preparing the way, and in Methodist we call that prevenient grace, that God's already at work in our lives, uh, ready for us and preparing the way for us and making it so that we can even hear God calling us. And then he invites us to take those steps, and we have the choice to whether, whether we step forward and follow him or we stay still. And that's where we're saved and we're justified by his grace. When we've heard God's call and he's prepared the way and we see that, and when faith, we're willing to step forward and say, okay, God, I'm going to walk beside you. I'm going to work out my salvation with fear and trembling, as the Apostle Paul says. 
in this Colossians passage, we hear again this idea that we have a role to play, not only in our salvation, but the redemption of the world and all of creation. It's not this simple uh, expectation that God's going to redeem everything and we can just wait around for it. It's God is going to redeem everything and he's inviting us along for the ride. The excitement, the journey, however you want to describe it. And whether or not we want to follow, whether or not we want to take those steps, whether or not we feel ready to move forward and partner with God, inviting He won't leave us to simply rest and sit. He's going to pester you, poke you, prod you, call you. And we've gotten really good at ignoring it. Some more than others. Oh, calls loudly, waiting for us to take those steps. And sometimes we take a few and we say, here's a good place to rest. God is still calling us to take a few more steps. There's never, I, I would say there's nothing wrong with, with resting on the journey of catching our breath. But we can never get to the point where he said, okay, God, go ahead and go forward. I'm good here. I know you're going to take care of it for me. It's not the way God works in the scriptures, and it's not the way that we see God working in our world today. And I can't think of a more boring life than that. Simply sitting, watching God, whatever God's going to do. Not when he invites us. And so there we have the conundrum of this particular saying. On the one hand, it can be really good. You're partnering with God. You're walking along the journey. He invites you. You know he's doing something amazing, but you're sitting in a space where you're not sure what the future is. You're not sure how things are going to turn out. He's brought you to a place that maybe you're not, you weren't sure that's where you were going to end up. More often than not, when you follow God, you're going to end up in a place that you didn't expect. That's when you can say, okay, God, this is how I'm feeling about this. I've walked with you. I want to keep walking with you. But in order to do that, I've got to give this up to you. I've got to trust you. I've got to trust your providence. I've got to trust that you will provide for me. I've got to trust that you are with me in these journeys and these difficulties, that you are giving me strength and confidence to continue walking. So as long as we see our faith and our desire to follow God, our desire to live out that salvation that Christ has given us as that journey with Christ, that journey with God to the, for, for the work of redemption, so that we too can be a part of his plan, but also call back to those behind us and say, I've been there. I've been along the journey. This is where God has helped me, and this is where I've seen God change the world. You can have it. That is the that we are called to. We will always feel unfulfilled. We will always feel that faith is lacking. We sit in that mode and I'm just going to stand here. God can do whatever he wants. Don't ask anything. 
not too much of maybe I'll step a little bit to the left or a little bit at the right, but as long as I stay in this little square where I'm comfortable. God is calling you to the next the next in this moment I want to see what God is doing I want to see where the world is happening in individuals and situations in powers and challenges powers and principalities not only see what God is doing I want to be a part of what I want to celebrate with God as the only way to do where he is. Follow after him. Hearing his voice call to you. And trusting that he will not abandon you. That he's preparing the way for you. That the fire that seems to come is not meant to our hymns today, if you haven't noticed, I know I heard a couple of you humming along with the, uh, the prelude uh, and struggling with the first hymn of, <laughs> of uh, maybe not realizing you needed to breathe or, 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 or maybe the, whoever recorded that forgot that people need to breathe. But the rest of our hymns all fit in this theme of partnering with God, of traveling with God, of being at work with God, trusting in Him. Giving him everything, not so that we can sit, so that we can.